HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, a hospitality platform that empowers restaurants through their own website. During these uncertain times in the industry, Bento Box is supporting restaurants through online ordering and gift cards. Opening soon listeners get 50% off setup fees at getbento.com slash opening soon. That's G-E-T-B-E-N-T-O dot com slash opening soon. There is no one who is not hurting and scared right now, and this collective emotional crisis may fall especially hard on hospitality workers who are used to being on the front lines of any emergency. Everyone wants to help right now, and everyone needs help right now. It doesn't matter if they seem perfectly fine today, they will need you down the line, because this crisis is affecting everyone. These lines come from Kat Kinsman's recent resources article in the Food and Wine Pro Guide to Mental Health and Sobriety. We're back with another episode of Reopening Soon, talking to chefs, restaurateurs, and those in the hospitality business about the impacts of the coronavirus crisis. We've spoken with chefs on closing down, pivoting to delivery or takeout models, as well as how people are approaching their local government and getting involved in charitable work as a means to operate and stay active in this unprecedented era. But we haven't talked about how the industry is mentally and emotionally addressing the stresses of this crisis. From lost income to dispersed teams, up into daily routines, and of course, the isolation. It's a stark contrast to the normal or what we previously knew as a normal day in the life of a hospitality professional. Joining us today is Kat Kinsman, Senior Editor at Food & Wine and host of her own podcast, The Communal Table. She's also the author of High Anxiety. Welcome to the show, Kat. We're so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you for talking about this stuff. It's so important more than ever. It is. And I mean, I think you, you know, we all say it really well, hospitality, we take care of other people and we often forget to take care of our own selves. And that's, you know, really what the community is known for. So give us, you know, like some tips for what people can do who are struggling with this new normal, who have maybe lost their jobs and their source of income and, and where they should turn. Oh my goodness. So I, in this particular guide for food and wine, uh, I tried to find 
resources that are approachable, free and low cost, because nobody has any freaking money right now. Not that they ever did. Restaurants are not known for being especially, especially lucrative. And, uh, you know, it's still TBD about hospitality workers uh, getting unemployment or not, depending on what state they're in. You know, New York is opening up for 1099 workers, a certain amount of unemployment. So so there's that. But people around the country, it's state by state by state. And so that's incredibly stressful. So nobody had any money to begin with. And now less than ever, if no income is coming in. So it was really important to me to be able to find these resources that are available, well, without leaving the house, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is really, really key right now. Um, starting off with the things that were addressing like the most uh, crucial things, like, are you having problems like with, with your sobriety or, you know, are you at risk of hurting yourself? Like a number one, these are the first things to address in a crisis. So included, uh, you know, national suicide hotline, the incredible people at crisis text line who are available for free 24 seven to be able to talk to people. And then once you get those needs met, it's like, okay, so what else is, what else is necessary to be able to cope in this time? And I'm talking to a whole lot of, you know, laid off people, scared people who are, you know, and everybody in hospitality has these hours that are not typical human hours. And you do it to the exclusion of everything else in your life, weddings, funerals, births, deaths, you know, all, all of all of this stuff. So all of a sudden you have nothing to do but have all that time on your hands without work. And what are you going to do? So I've been really focused on talking to people about how they're trying to maintain some semblance of normality and whether that is still using kitchen language at your house, whether it's putting on your chef pants, you know, saying behind to your cats, you know, whatever it is. (laughs) And also uh, for a lot of people who rely on daily or weekly or even monthly or whatever your frequency is, um, you know, sobriety resources that they're used to having in person to maintain that it's, you know, it's more crucial than ever because, you know, as Steve Palmer, who found founded the industry group Ben's Friends for People in Recovery, says uh, isolation is the enemy of sobriety and mental health. So all of these things had to be ideally nationally uh, accessible, if possible, free or low cost and, you know, just uh, things that you were able to access from home. Have you seen, so have you seen organizations like Ben's Friends, which is such a, Steve actually came on the show earlier this um, season and they have like such an amazing organization um, for those people who don't know, it's specifically for hospitality and people who are in recovery. So have they, they are now doing Zoom meetings, do you know? Yes. Oh, so they're doing uh, not just the regional chapters, but having national Zoom meetings, which wow. I think is really a brilliant thing. And there are a whole lot of uh, local ones as well. So the group that does Chow, a Colorado hospitality. I always screw up the last thing, but it's uh, a few people in, in uh, Colorado who have these incredible meetings that, and some of them are sobriety related. Some of them are uh, mental health and they're doing these virtual family dinners. I think that are so important and online meetings. And there are you know, so many of these groups that have extended. If people don't want to be culinary specific, uh, there's a, a website called in the rooms that has a lot of Zoom meetings that are about all different kinds of uh, addictions, dependencies, and other conditions, um, because it's that connection is so vital. Steve was saying to me that, you know, he knew I could relate because I deal with mental health issues myself, that especially if you have depression or these these other things, a lot of, a lot of us tend to go inward and not 
sort of say, uh, you know, out to other people, hey, I need help. You just sort of retreat into yourself. And that is the worst possible thing to do right now. And there should be no shame attached because everybody, there should never have been any shame, but everybody's going through it now. It's so true. I mean, and that is a really good point about the people who do often go inward. So what advice do you have? Like now that we are in this isolated place, like who, who, like business owners, should we be like reaching out to our employees and for people who we know who have struggled? Because now you're not seeing people day to day. It's how, how do you do that without being invasive? I mean, those check-ins are, I can't tell you what a lifeline they are. And I think it's okay. because So you don't want to feel like you're singling anybody out because that's always the thing. Because I've, t- I've talked with a lot of people about like, how do I run lineup? How do I, you know, in, in the times, the before times, but you know, how do I, how do I make it? So I'm talking to my team about this. I'm not singling anybody out. And, you know, the solution was always just bring it up during, you know, during lineup or, you know, family meal, whatever it happens to be when you're talking to your whole team to do that. So if you're a business owner, you know, send out an email blast or a text or whatever, however you communicate with your team to the whole team and just say like, hey, thinking about all of you checking in, you know, here are some resources. If it's somebody who, you know, on a personal basis, a really kind of thing that you can do, uh, you know, whether it's on a friend level, on a colleague level is to say like, hey, I'm thinking about you and, you know, want to see how you're holding up. No need to respond if you don't. And I think that's a really, it was a gift that somebody gave me once when he knew that I was doing not really very well. He knew I didn't have the emotional energy to, to reach back at that time. And he said, you know, I just need you to know I'm thinking about you and I'm here if you need me, but didn't put the burden of a response on me. And that was incredibly generous and and thoughtful of him. It seems like it would also be, you know, I, I think, um, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, people that, you know, have, perhaps have a history of, you know, um, mental instability or whatnot, or, but I think in, in this scenario, in this crisis, I think everyone, um, needs the assistance. I, I think, like you said, that the isolation is, is very weird and, you know, it's, it's especially challenging for hospitality. Uh, I think in your article, you talked about, you know, just how, how um, dedicated the industry is to their restaurant and to their job that most people in the industry at a you know at a younger age even at an older age don't have anything outside of it don't have a family necessarily or um, don't have friends that aren't within that you know work circle um, and so now you know they're stuck in this place where they're at home and they can't see they essentially separated from their quote unquote family. Um, are there, would you recommend that like restaurateurs, it seems like they could be doing, you know, they should be doing virtual lineups and they should be doing virtual staff meals to, you know, one, to, to keep everybody, um, to keep that family vibe alive and in the hopes that everyone comes back to your restaurant is a good business move, but it also seems like it would be very wise, you know, for everyone's mental health to be able to sort of connect on that family level. Have you seen anybody doing that? You know who does this really, really well is um, the folks at Commodore, uh, and they they've always had the Commodore Run Club and and all of that to uh, kind of create a community not just for their restaurants but for you know other people in the industry in Austin, and they're posting on a regular basis about what they're doing just to keep people in touch throughout this time. I mean, their communication is absolutely incredible, and I I, I think. 
what what might be happening now uh, with a lot of of these businesses is because it's so unprecedented and because it's so incredibly universal that there are a lot of uh, restaurateurs who have you know done this pivot in whatever particular direction and they are you know doing the usual triage that they would be in service or any other time and so you know there's that Maslow's hierarchy of needs kind of thing so they're trying to make sure everybody's getting fed they're trying to make sure that you know people are getting paid and all this so, so I think for and they're going through it themselves that's the thing is like this is so this is so universal there's nobody out there who is untouched by this right now I mean it's it's absolutely everybody and I'm trying to you know not be too cranky at people sometimes and reach out in empathy when I feel like snapping because I think like they're just if they're snapping at me it's probably because they're they're stressed so there might be some owner operators restaurateurs whatever who uh, are maybe not thinking on that particular level right now because they're just going through it themselves and trying to keep their heads above water this would be a really great opportunity for somebody on uh, you know on the team who has some time on their hands who maybe isn't usually the leader of things, but who could be in in this particular way, um, you know. And not everybody has the coping skills and language and stuff for this. This is pretty new for the industry. This over the past few years, when restaurants have even begun to address this, so people don't have that built-in vocabulary uh, to do this. I mean, it's you know there is that that shut up and cook culture that is you know still pervasive. It's changed, especially since the death of Anthony Bourdain. But people don't necessarily haven't developed that set of muscles and they might ha be having to do it on the fly here. But if there's anything I trust in, it is the resilience and generosity and kindness of restaurant people who, you know, never ask for help. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's I was actually working on a piece right before all of this called um, uh, Why Chefs Suck at Asking for Help. I've scrapped that piece because you know, everybody's going through it. This is not, um, you were saying before that even people who didn't deal with this before are now. And there are a couple different kinds of sort of these mental health struggles that happen. There are people who live with it as a generalized condition because of, you know, wh whatever their physical makeup is, whatever their, you know, their past is, whatever trauma they've been through. But then there's also situational, like in the same way that somebody who isn't usually a depressed person will get depressed after the death of a loved one, you know, and, and they're dealing with it in that, that particular time. I think just about everybody, even if they haven't dealt with this before are dealing, are dealing with situational anxiety, depression, whatever, you know, other conditions. And it's important to recognize that there's zero shame in this, because if you're not feeling it, it's just going to come through later. I I would 100%. I have situational anxiety 125%. And me, and Alex and myself as owner operators, we haven't been as good about reaching out to the team and making sure that their mental health is, is okay because we're going through it too. And it's, this yeah. is like such a great reminder that we need to be like the beacon of that. But it's true. Like I, I'm trying to figure out coping strategies myself because I have tightness in my chest all of a sudden and like my yeah. left arm is numb and I'm like, what am I, do I have COVID or do I have anxiety? I don't know. Um, so yeah, I definitely, it, it, for people who are new to like having to pay more attention to their mental health, what specifically, what specific recommendations do you have, like breathing exercises or routine or is there anything that we should be doing to take care of ourselves in this situation as well? Yeah. So I, I've sort of, you know, assembled a toolkit for myself as a lifelong sufferer of, of, of these things. Uh, I am using the Headspace app 
constantly. And there's a lot of free content available on there right now that is breathing exercises that is, uh, you know, specifically geared toward this current situation. And it is exercises that help put you in touch with your physical response to all of this. It's, it's so helpful. It, there are sleep meditations in there as well. Um, insight timer is also one that a lot of chefs tend to favor and a lot of people in recovery tend to favor because you can kind of gamify the whole thing. And it's, it's, you know, been an absolute godsend. Um, I also send out a little reminder on, on Twitter uh, once or twice a day, because this is actually what's keeping me grounded. I tell people it's unclench o'clock. And if you can suddenly pay attention, like, are you clenching your jaw right now? Are you? <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm totally know. clenching my jaw. <laughs> and how are your shoulder? How are your shoulders? Are they up around your ears? Oh. Uh, is your back tight? Oh, yeah. Like, and, uh, you know, I am a, you know, a skin picker. I pick my thumb. I was just doing that right now. I look down and it was bleeding. I bite the inside of my mouth and I take this conscious moment that I've like, you know, call unclench a clock, but you can do whatever you want with it and set yourself a little reminder to stop and l- loosen all your muscles and breathe. And it has been an absolute godsend for me. Um, the other thing I'd recommend is if people, are on medication, it's vital to remember to take it. And it's so easy while we're outside of our regular structure to like, what is time right now? Time is a flat circle. Yeah. The days of the week are a social construct, you know, and it's, it's really easy to fall out of, of those routines. I couldn't sleep last night. And I was trying to think like, am I especially stressed? Like what's going on? I woke up in the morning, looked at my pill case, I had not taken all my little herbal supplements that I take at night and I hadn't taken the medication I take for my ulcer and realizing like, oh my gosh, you know, I could have, I was tossing and turning for hours and hours. So if you have medication, remember to take that. It helps to, um, also I set an alarm in, in the morning and try to set a bedtime for myself. Um, and just keeping those little reminders are so important. And, you know, on the, the Chefs with Issues Facebook group, I was asking people, like, what are you doing to help you stay balanced and, and just stay, you know, grounded in who you are? And people were saying they're putting on their kitchen pants or they're doing some of them were putting on that amazing uh, looping like kitchen printer sound that's on YouTube, that a lot of people are doing, <laughs> which I think is kind of amazing or you know there are funny videos of like a server who was saying like behind corner and all this stuff like walking around her apartment walking around his house (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I think if you can maintain that vocabulary it's you know and and I keep telling people you're still a chef you are still a bartender you're still a server you're still you know whatever role you happen to have in in that ecosystem just because this thing happened to you you didn't screw up at all you didn't fail you nothing you didn't do anything wrong you know you still are in possession of all of those skills and you know that's still who you are you might have a little less structure right now and you might not have that daily community but you're still that person I don't know what this is all going to look like when we come back for it but there will be something and I hope that everybody gets to have a part in you know building this 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 new thing I mean it was a super leaky foundation to start with the way that restaurants are are structured and run here is a chance to take what was working from the past and move forward with this and leave the rest in the scrap heap this episode is brought to you by bento box 
Bento Box empowers restaurants to own their presence, profits, and relationships directly through their own website. Restaurants are currently having to make significant changes to their operations, and Bento Box is setting up gift card processing and online ordering stores in as little as four days to support restaurants during this challenging time. With Bento Box, you can drive revenue and keep your guests up to date. Opening soon listeners get 50% off setup fees at getbento.com slash opening soon. That's G-E-T-B-E-N-T-O dot com slash opening soon. Okay, we talked a, a, a good bit about um, maintaining sobriety during this time. How do you feel about, or any thoughts and recommendations on um, people that were not sober before and now maybe forced into sobriety just out of those social circles not existing, those sources that are present and at three in the morning when you get out of work, those things, you know, someone goes abruptly from living a chef life, a non-sober chef life to again, being isolated in an apartment alone. How do, how do you recommend they cope and, and move through this time? Well, I want to caveat that, you know, I'm not a member of the sober community. And so I always you know, have to refer to what other people tell me. Um, there is a, a danger of uh, that I, I, you know, I know about because I've been watching reports and stuff for uh, people who are trying to detox, like during this particular time, come down from alcohol. And there's kind of there's a risk. There's a physical risk for that. So if you are, you know, working through those physical symptoms of addiction, uh, you absolutely have to call somebody because you can't do this alone because there is actual physical risk of you know, death or, you know, other things. If you are a person who is physically addicted to substances and you are all of a sudden having to go cold turkey. So absolutely call, you know, call your sponsor, call if you don't have a sponsor, there are a lot of resources out there. Call, you know, check to the Ben's friend site. Somebody will be there. Somebody will, you know, pick up your call. Um, There are a whole lot of great Facebook groups like industry and recovery and a bunch of other things where somebody will be awake and they will listen to you and, and they will talk to you. So that, I mean, that's an incredibly important thing to have. Um, I think for people who maybe weren't sure about their consumption before and, or maybe finding themselves a little reliant on it right now, you know, I think it's, this is a really good time to sit in on a zoom meeting, um, because they are happening constantly. So whether it's an industry specific one or any of the others, they are happening around the clock. And even if you, you know, just sit there and listen in, I think it's a really good sort of check in on yourself to see, you know, how you're doing and that you're, you're having this community. Cause I can definitely see, you know, I've talked to people who are saying like, I'm a little bit worried because, you know, I'm out of my regular structure. I can't sleep. So I have to take something to sleep. So, you know, it just, it becomes cyclical because it, it doesn't feel like, uh, things matter. I've heard the thing that breaks my heart right now is people saying, I'm going to do this. Cause like, what does it matter right now? I'm like, it still matters. It still matters so tremendously much. And it's, uh, you know, people are at serious risk right now of, of relapse of, you know, self-harm of all of these other things. And, you know, I think the more that we can check in on each other and, you know, have those kind of accountability things that we do for ourselves. Like for me, I have to check in periodically throughout the day and see how am I physically doing? How am, how am I emotionally doing? 
you know, I, you know, I'm thinking about doing this, maybe not as healthy thing to cope. And usually for me, that's like over scrolling Twitter or whatever, like that, just like, <laughs> refreshing or, yeah, it's eating or an entire you know, pint of ice cream. Yeah. yeah, whatever these things, these things are. And speaking of ice cream, like people are, you know, who have made it, maybe had disordered eating in the past are so stressed. Well, they're stressed about the fact that um, maybe they can't, you know, about their food access, because a lot of people are broke right now and don't have money for food and they might not have enough food in the house or, you know, it's so that's another thing to just keep an eye on. I just got the most offensive PR pitch like an hour ago and I'm still seething. But I was sort of joking like about, you know, gaining weight during this time. Wouldn't that be a horrible Ugh. fate to befall? And I wrote back and I was uh, pretty blunt in my response about that, saying, like, do you have any idea how just off base this is right now? I mean. <laughs> This is so what a terrible message to be sending that that should be something people are concerned about right so, now. Like, yeah, I mean, like, oh we're trying my. to figure out how to eat. Like, don't talk to me about like, oh, tragedy. Like oh I gained my. five pounds with. Yeah, people are out of touch. Oh, oh my God. I've been talking to restaurateurs. I, I did a podcast with with Ed Lee. Um, Amanda Toops from Toops Meadery is one of she's one of my best friends in the world. And she and her husband, Isaac, have you know, change, they're, they're still doing takeout and curbside and, and delivery and stuff, but they also have set up this family meal thing where uh, people have to reserve ahead of time, but it's specifically for hospitality workers who are worried about food access and they box up uh, meals to go. And the fact that that coexists with this tee culture of like, oh my gosh, what if I gained five pounds? Like, oh my God, shut up. Yeah. Ugh, I know what the Lee Initiative do, is doing is just <sighs> awesome. Um, I want so that man to get a nap. He needs to get a nap. <laughs> I, it's I, crazy I, how fast I, they activated I too. I'm like, oh no, no, he's he's so incredible in the way that he's mobilized people. And you know, I was asking him about like, what are you doing to cope? I know you're not sleeping, and he's got the most incredible little baby girl. And you know, I love this kid. And he was saying like he just has to switch off and spend a little bit of time uh, with her, and you know, and stay grounded. And you know, I and I think that's the thing is like I've been trying to figure out like what are those those things that I really really value and want to hang on to. What are the things that I can put out into the world without, you know, physically putting anybody in in jeopardy and. You know, I'm doing a lot of very late night, nobody on the street dog walks currently. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's been really helpful. You, you said something, I, yeah, I think everybody finding like coping strategies and one thing that sort of takes their mind off of things for an hour, 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever it may be. Um, but you, earlier in the conversation, you mentioned something about like hospitality, not having the toolbox, um, to talk about mental health, health issues and not necessarily being well-versed in what to say. So, I mean, at this time, you know, I agree with you, this is a time for us to all better and improve ourselves. So if people are reaching out, are there specific tools that they should be, or specific phrases that they should be using when they're talking to their colleagues or their friends, if they're concerned about how they're doing? I mean, I think just, uh, you know, just say, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And let them know it's okay to give the real answer. Like, you know, if they're really, really stuck on fine, then at some, sometimes you just have to accept that. But if you can somehow communicate like, Hey, you know, give me the real answer. Don't bullshit me. You know, whatever it is, still use your kitchen language. You know, you like, you know, there's uh, Patrick Mulvaney, uh, you know, chef out in uh, on the West Coast runs this incredible group called I Got Your Back. 
and, you know, use whatever language you would usually use. You don't have to get all suddenly, you know, therapeutic and, you know, whatever on it, but just expressing genuine concern like you, you would if you saw somebody who, you know, was in the weeds or whatever, you know, you can, you can really like lean into that vocabulary. Like, you know, if you work at a restaurant, you are part of this organism that cannot function if one part of it is broken down, lean into that, you know, and, 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 you know, and do those check-ins on people about where they are. If you need to, you know, appoint somebody on your team as expediter for this kind of thing, like lean into that. Think of what makes you so good at your job. You have that. And it's just, it's a matter of you know, expressing it in words a little bit differently. And if you can't think of what to do, send a cute animal gif, like do something that knocks people out of, of their regular, you know, routine. Um, I will also caveat and say, if you are genuinely worried about somebody's uh, safety, there is a laddering technique that I learned um, when I trained as a counselor with Crisis Text Line, which encourage everybody to write down the number 741741 and you can text them anytime day or night and somebody will be there uh, for you and they also offer this incredible training and it's uh, this sort of laddered system that they uh, I think they might have it up on their site if they don't go to the giving kitchen because they also offer this uh, QPR training which is basically like mental health CPR and you have to ask this series of questions about people and you can get really blunt you have to say to somebody are you thinking about killing yourself and, you know, and sometimes that is enough if you ask somebody and it sort of jolts them out of their reality. And um, the sequence of it is you ask them if they have, uh, you know, thought about how if they have the uh, the things around them that they would accomplish that with. And then if they have set a time frame and you can sort of escalate the questions uh, through there. There's a lot about this online, about this laddering technique. And if it gets to you know, sort of too high up on that, like you have to reach out for emergency help because I know the systems are overwhelmed right now. Try to get them to call the, you know, the national suicide hotline or, you know, one of these other things. But otherwise, for the most part, just like saying, hey, I'm here. Uh, it, it just, hey, I'm here and you're not alone. It just speaks volumes. Does for sure. Um we always, I, I like to try to pull in some positives and yeah. all of this. I'm like, let's talk about something fun. Um, but, you know, like looking towards the future, I think um, we mentioned this, that hospitality will come back stronger and a lot of people have come together and organized and done things. Um, so what, what good have you seen coming out of this crisis and how do you think we can be better prepared to sort to, the, you know, to support people's mental well-being in the future? I mean, this has to force a change in how people are compensated for their work. Um, and and this, you know, I know there's a lot of controversy about tipping, but it is it is really shown what a leaky boat we're living in. Uh, we're living with if, uh, you know, people's, um, you know, uh, possible unemployment is tied to their wages. Um, that's a really, really difficult thing that people's health care is tied to employment is, uh, you know, another thing I think we're all staring at right now and thinking like, wow, that's really screwed up. Um, and just sort of some of these systemic things, there are not protections for undocumented people. And without uh, immigrants and, and, and people you know, who are undocumented, there would be no restaurant world. 
there really wouldn't. And I think we need, and they are the people who are putting their, their very lives on the front line right now to keep people fed. I think we all need to have a collective reckoning and see how we treat people, how we value those people, how we compensate those people and how we protect them in times of crisis. And I think moving forward, the restaurant world has to communicate this to the general public that the pricing of things may have to change because if you want this meal on your table, it's not just the cost of the food. It's not just, you know, the, the person who tweezered this onto your plate. It's the person who's, who risked themselves to bring you your, your dinner. It's the, it's the person who's the dishwasher. It's the, you know, it's the porter. It's all of these people, all of these human beings who work in restaurants. And I think if anything, this has made these people more visible to the general public. And I think that the economics of, of restaurants are going to, you know, pe people are going to have to see what their priorities are. Like, do we really want this to come back to, yeah, you might have to pay a little bit uh, more for, for some of it. I think that, I think that that'll be the kicker. And I think it, it has been overdue for a very long time. And I think it's, I would hope, I hope that this, you know, crisis does, you know, sort of bring that awareness to the consumer, you know, uh, everything that goes into getting that plate on the table, because that's, that's really the only way it's going to happen is if, you know, those, those dishes go up by, and I don't, I don't think it's a little bit, I think it has to be a lot. And I think that people need to understand that that's, you know, that's part of paying for the experience of what they get and, and, um, that, that's really the only way that, you know, salaries and benefits and, you know, protections for immigrants is, is going to work its way down the line through the, I mean, our podcast is all about, you know, chatting on how to get a, a restaurant open and be successful. And we know, you know, first and foremost, from our own negative experience as well, <laughs> that there's very little money to be made as a restaurateur in general, just because all of the cost of, of operating have gone up over the last 20, 40, 50 years, and, and the, the, um, the, the plate, the dish on the menu has not. And, and that's, it just doesn't work that way. And so I, I, I'm with you. I hope, I hope that that gets translated to the consumer, and I hope that that allows um, the teams and the, and the workers that really are doing you know, so much, not just now, but every day, to get, you know, to get the protection and the compensation that they deserve. I mean, I, I, I always think about that metaphor about, you know, the, the swan and how graceful it is above water and how frantically it's paddling uh, beneath there. And I think, you know, I, I feel like in whatever comes next, uh, maybe there will be a lot more visibility into the people who are you know, who actually bringing this to your table. And I know there was so much backlash over the past decade about like putting this farm and that farm on the menu and stuff like, you know what, these are real freaking people. And the ripple effect of this has spread out to every facet of the industry. And I really appreciate all the reporting that's been done around that about, you know, purveyors, about, uh, you know, farmers, about linen companies about these are all made up of human beings and i'm sorry if you don't want to be confronted with the name of you know a farmer and uh whatever like while you're eating your food put a picture of the dishwasher and their family on the <laughs> like seriously and yeah. truly i want i want like 
restaurant trading cards with like, you know, all, all the people who work there. I want to see who the porter is. I want to see like all of these sudden be able to celebrate them because they are, uh, I mean, they do the work every day and it's about damn time that we not just celebrated them, but, but compensated them and kept them safe. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us um, on all these super important issues. And I hope it'll be a great resource for the community out there. And, um, and you know, just a reminder to, to anybody who's listening, check in with your team, check in with your colleagues, check in even with you know, if you were an employee with the owners and make sure everybody's doing okay. And, um, we'll hyperlink to the article that you wrote cat, um, on our blog, just so that everybody has a great place for resources. This is an awesome list. Um, but tell us where, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, can I, I I would be, I have to put in a plug for, uh, food one pro because that's, uh, sort of where this came through and it's our section of the website and increasingly like sort of in in public about uh really taking care of restaurant workers and and talking about the issues in the industry and we have a newsletter that goes out on fridays at 12 that hunter lewis our editor-in-chief writes and you know i really appreciate like the publication's willingness to be able to talk about the stuff that you know it's never going to get the most clicks in the world (laughs) the consumers may or may not care about this kind of stuff but um you know chefs we we can do what we do without restaurants people and you know and hopefully those resources are going to be useful to somebody no it's an amazing initiative and i think it, it, i you know just from looking at the website the past couple of days it has so many resources about like business aspects of covid and how to deal with a crisis um so i it, i would highly recommend to the community to go and link and, and review the website because it is awesome that food and wine is doing that with a professional facing section Thank um, you for what you do. This this podcast is so important. It's really thank, so thank you for doing it. Thank you for sharing with us. Can you can you tell everybody else where they can find you on social um, and and all the other website things, all the www's. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, you know, I write for foodandwine.com. Uh, if you go to chefswithissues.com, uh, it has a link to, so that particular page isn't updated all that frequently, but the most, uh, there are over 4,000 people in the Facebook group. Um, so I encourage folks in the industry to join that if they just need some uh, solidarity and a whole bunch of other people going through it. My personal website is tart.org. On Twitter, I'm Kitten with a Whip, and on Instagram, I'm Kat Kitsman. Awesome. Thank you so much. Be well in all of this and um, can't wait to celebrate on the other side. Can't wait to raise a glass. (laughs) For sure. Thank Um, you. We'll put this up on, uh, we'll put a wrap up of this up on our blog at tilletnyc.com. And as usual, you can always find us at at we are opening soon and at tilletnyc. Opening soon is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org, and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You could also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place, and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. 
just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening. Ben's Friends is the food and beverage industry support group offering hope, fellowship, and a path forward to professionals who struggle with substance abuse and addiction. Ben's Friends exists to provide a safe haven and an anonymous, judgment-free forum for workers in an industry that has one of the highest rates of substance abuse in the country. Their mission hasn't changed during quarantine. Ben's Friends chapters across the country are now offering online meetings. You can find a chapter near you at benfriendshope.org.